It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hello and welcome to this, the 11th episode of Batflips and Nerds, the podcast that brings you a British take on baseball. I'm John McGee. Uh, joining me this week, uh, we've got a special guest, uh, Simon Cross, who is a radio producer at the BBC and also does work with Channel 4 and BT Sports. And Simon is also a massive, massive Toronto Blue Jays fan. And we're going to get into what's going to happen in the off-season and next season uh, in quite some detail, I hope. So how are you, Simon? Yeah, I'm sort of okay, although in baseball terms, I'm still a little bit disappointed that uh, we didn't go a little further this year. Having said that, if, you're gonna, if you want the proper answer, the fact that the Blue Jays are even being talked about this time of year is, uh, is absolutely a positive. So, yeah, thanks for asking. I'm fine. And in baseball terms, I'm also fine. <laughs> well, we'll get on to whether you're going to be fine in, uh, you know, maybe a fortnight or a week's time, because... Uh, I've got a bit of a sense of foreboding about what's been happening in Toronto already this off-season, and I'll, it would be interesting to see if you share it. But before we um, step across the border and cross the Great Lakes to Toronto, just want to stop off uh, in Chicago. And we haven't actually spoken about the World Series since uh, it finished, that brilliant Game 7 between the Indians and the Cubs. Um, did you watch it, first of all? I watched, uh, I dipped in and out of the series. The only game I watched from first pitch to last was Game 7, um, which took a lot longer uh, than I thought it would. And um, But what, I mean, it had everything, Game 7. And, um, and to think that 162-game season and the playoffs and the World Series all come down to extra... It, it's, it's absurd as a sporting thing. And then no other, no other sport throws this up, does it? Where, you know, it, I can't think of a, a sharper knife edge than extra innings in Game 7 of a baseball World Series. But it happened. It was amazing. I was sort of happy that Chapman blew the save because I don't like him very much. don't think he's a particularly nice bloke. Um, so, yeah, I was happy about that. But in the end, I didn't really care who won. Part of me, the, the mischievous part of me, wanted Chicago to lose because um, it, it's the, the curse and all that is still a great story and we haven't got that story anymore. Um, Cleveland 
beat Toronto. So a little bit of me thought, well, if Cleveland win, that means that Toronto can say we lost the winners, although that doesn't really matter too much. But I, I do love Chicago as a city. I was uh, fortunate enough to be in Chicago when the White Sox won the World Series um, and had a terrific time there watching the World Series when the White Sox won and still being in Chicago the day after they came back, uh, having won the World Series on the road and uh, saw the, the White Sox parade, which was incredible in Chicago, um, up the magnificent Marlin across the bridge into the financial district just to the south. Uh, so I can, I can sort of half imagine what the Cubs rally must have been like because um, the Cubs are still the dominant team in that city, whatever you say, and the White Sox parade was immense. So the Cubs one must have been out of this world. Yeah, it, it certainly looked it. There's been a, a, a fun and quite interesting thread on a, another baseball podcast, the, the Baseball Prospectus podcast, about how they estimated the number, which I think was put out there publicly as 5 million people, which sounds absolutely ludicrous. Uh, I, I would guess that, 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 that there'd probably be some serious problems if you had 5 million people on the streets of any city, even one the size of Chicago. Um it's interesting that you touched on 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 how you how you chose a, a horse in the race when you when the Blue Jays had, had, had dropped out. I thought you were going to end up centering in a very similar place to me, in that you you didn't really mind uh, who won because you were sort of had slightly nefarious uh, hexes against both. And I, I like you had the same feeling about the Cubs. I didn't really want that story to break, and slightly mischievously and childishly didn't want them to win <laughs> for that reason. And similarly, like you, I'm a Red Sox fan, so the Indians swept uh, swept us away too. And I maybe didn't want them to win for that reason. But then again, there's so many Red Sox links within uh, with Cleveland. I think I was just about hedging in their direction. So um, I guess I lost twice, but, you know, Yeah, I, I changed my mind several times <laughs> during Game 7 as well because it was there were some great Cleveland Indian moments in that series and in that game. Um, you know, the... the, the, uh, the the, the home run from you know in his last game, um, there was the you know other home run which put them at, which looked, when it tied the game. It looked like they had all the momentum going their way. So there were some great Indians moments. I just found myself like, uh, even though I wasn't emotionally involved, um, I've never been to Cleveland. Although as I said, I really enjoyed going to Chicago. I kind of was did, couldn't care less, but. Yeah, I flip-flopped throughout the night thinking just at the end of it made the best team win. And I, and I, suppose, I suppose the best team won, right? I think we probably think that if this, if this, been a, if this had been a 21-game series, that Chicago would have won it in, in like 17 games, maybe? I think that's right. I think it would have been interesting to see, an, uh, see a proper matchup, to see the Indians with uh, Salazar and Carrasco and Michael Brantley in the I think that would have been absolutely uh, electrifying to watch that. But on balance, in terms of the 25-man rosters that went into the series, I think uh, it came out in the right yeah. place, emotionally and I think uh, sportingly too. But what about, just sort of moving on from there, um, before we dig into uh, Toronto in greater detail, what, what do you think's next for the Cubs and what, what's next for Theo Epstein? Is it going to be, is it going to, be the, to, to pronounce it the, the American way? Is it going to be the dynasty? Are they going to do what the Red Sox did and win three times in 10 Can't years? I see them getting exceptionally weaker, exceptionally quickly. I mean, such as the way of baseball, that there'll be another team next year that sort of surprises. There's, there's often in the final four a surprise that, that you and I can't talk about now because we don't know who it's going to be. That's why it's a surprise. Mm. Um, and, Cle- and Cleveland were a big surprise. I mean, Cleveland had players that I thought had retired. Um, and suddenly, uh, in extra innings against the Blue Jays, they were throwing out guys. That I think their, their, their general manager didn't even realise we were still on the roster. Um, uh, Michael Martinez, I was like, didn't he get DF- DFA'd by the Red Sox? <laughs> and I, loves, I love Coco in. Crisp, and, I, and everyone loves Coco Crisp because of his name. And also, every fancy baseball player loves Coco Crisp because with three weeks to go until the uh, end of the season and you need some steals, you probably pick him up. But he's, he's that guy that's always on the, on the waiver roster in your fancy baseball at the end of the season. Uh, to, so, to see him become a... Yeah, a postseason hero was also something special. So um, yeah, I think the Chicago aren't going to go away too fast, but they'll they'll be. Uh, I mean, I thought the Mets. I think probably like a lot of people, I predicted that the Mets would do really well this year, and they're going to they're going to provide some sort of stiff competition again next year if they can sort of keep anything close to that pitching together. Um, 
Yeah, so there's going to be the, you know, the Mets and the Cubs are going to be strong games next year, aren't they? I think the Red Sox are going to come again. You said that's your team, right? So, um, uh, and and also you're, you're going to pinch at least one of our one of Blue Jays' big hitters. So uh, I would have thought that you, Edwin, will probably take you to uh, quite deep in the playoffs next year, and there'll be then one surprise team um, who we who we just don't know. Yeah, well, maybe we can. Um... Maybe we can reconvene in around March, having having seen everything that all the excitement of the hot silver over the next couple of months, and we can try and pick our way through. That's going to be hopefully it will be the blue yeah. Jays. We, we I don't, don't think know, we're going to go away. I think it's like I said, it's been great going deep twice in a row um, after many, uh, two decades of pretty much nothing. So um, even though there's a lot of retooling to do, I mean, we pretty much kept most things together from our two to. Uh, you know, from one year to the other in terms of playoff runs and kept that the, the, the squad and the roster pretty much the same. But that's obviously not going to be the case now. And, um, yeah, there's some serious work to be done there. We'll, we'll, we'll pivot onto, onto that in more detail in a minute, but just, just to sort of establish the base here, um, it'd be interesting to understand why 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 the Blue Jays, why are they your team? And, and, and actually, just sort of uh, from the very kernel of the thing how did you get into baseball as a sport um through uh frank zappa uh the musician who uh, announced on stage in england when he played a concert in the uh, early 80s that he was never going to play a concert in europe ever again and uh, he said he hated europe and was never going to come back and play and i was a massive frank zappa fan and i took him at his word and figured i'd never see frank zappa live again unless i went to see him in america so i went to see a three um shows by frank zappa four shows by frank zappa in around 84 in uh, new york and he was playing at the night in the night and during the day i would uh, entertain my, me and my friend would entertain ourselves by going to a baseball game so we went to the Yankees and the Mets during the day. And I, I really um, didn't know much about baseball, but I knew I hated the Yankees, uh, which was a good start. Um, I, didn't, I didn't appreciate the tradition of the Yankees. I didn't see any of that because I was new to this game. So I, didn't, I had no idea about tradition or anything like that. So the Mets were fantastic. They had Keith Hernandez and they had Gary Carter and Dwight Good and Daryl Strawberry and all these incredible bad guys and um the yankee and also um i I was blown over by the razzmatazz of going to shea stadium when there was a home run a big apple would come out of the stands and there'd be fireworks and stuff whereas the yankees were still sort of too good for that sort of nonsense um uh, and the, the, the most exciting it got at the yankees is when the um when willie randolph was on base or up to hit and the scoreboard, which was pixelated with orange letters on a black screen, uh, so nowhere near razzmatazz or fireworks of Shea Stadium, would just say "Willie Clap, Willie Clap," and, and, and the, uh, the 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 um, the late teen uh, Simon Cross used to think that was hilarious. Um, but yeah, so I, was, I kind of kind of liked the Mets and I liked baseball. I saw a lot of baseball that summer. This is turning into the longest story you've ever had of why somebody supports. Well, it started with Frank Zappa, which is not where I thought it was going to start. And it's always a good place to start. Anyway, so carry on. Zappa at night, a baseball during the day for about a week in New York. Uh, then uh, I was uh, returned to England and kind of tried to follow baseball a bit and tried to sort of follow the Mets a bit. And it was a great time to do that because... I, again, I wasn't really sure what I was seeing, but I now realise that I saw Dwight Gooden pitch against John Tudor of uh, the Cardinals in, in what was you know, the what the iconic pitching matchup of the mid middle eighties. The um, I, and I saw all this. Um, I tried to follow the Mets a bit back at home, and um, until I, I, was, I was a DJ, a music DJ, back in my the early part of my career, and I got a job in Canada. And uh, there, there, there's, there's the, the kicker. So I went to work in Toronto and I w- went to work in a place called Paris Sound, which is about three hours north of Toronto, um, doing music, radio and uh, teaching kids radio. And um, knowing that I loved baseball, I, I you know, used to spend four dollars and go and watch the Blue Jays. The first Blue Jays game I saw, I touched down. I was in, in Toronto a couple of days sort of to 
get my bearings and you know check into my my flat and my apartment and everything and i went to see the blue the blue jays and it was a blisteringly hot day and i remember it got terribly sunburned but it was also what um i don't i think teams probably still do this i'm not sure it was called autograph day so you got there mm. early and literally all the players from the team were on the field and you just joined a line and got autographs so, so um, I thought this was amazing. You know, growing up in the UK, and uh, you know, you wouldn't, you couldn't go to. I was a, a, a Charlton fan, and you just couldn't go to Charlton and do. You'd have to wait for an hour after the game to get a player, get close to a player. So the fact you could walk on the field, my first base, my first, sort of first baseball game in Toronto, you could walk on the field. Now I made a tactical error, so I bought my program to get autographs on, and I, I went for. Quali- uh, quantity over quality. So, so okay. looking back at it now, I didn't bother with Jesse Barfield or George Bell because the queues were too long, and Dave and Dave <laughs> Steeb. So, so I, the queues for the stars were too long. So I got Ryan, but I did get Manny Lee and Rance Mullenix and Nelson Liriano and uh, Garth Orge, um, and I got every player that kind of wasn't a star. So I probably got most of the players, but I didn't. I, the queues were too long for George Bell, and uh, I've regretted that ever since so but I was that, that summer I went to see the Blue Jays a lot and I was over in Toronto for two years I, a friend of mine was a season ticket holder whose dad never seemed to go and had fantastic uh, couple of years watching them at Exhibition Stadium as it was then an old sort of converted CFL stadium and then sort of transitioning into the, the, the Sky Dome as it was called now the Rogers Centre so yeah I went to see the Blue Jays a lot and kept on going back and and the, the long, long love affair started way back then. And this was a team back then that were only about 10 or 11 years old, um, which is also a curious thing for an Englishman to kind of get their head around of supporting a team that kind of had no history either. So uh, that's, that's a very, very long-winded... Have we got time for anything else? Or is this time to say goodbye now on this podcast? Because that was <laughs> I think we've got a long-winded way of telling... I, I bet you wish you'd never asked. No, 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 it was absolutely brilliant. Just, just, sort, of, um, just sort of coming back to a point that you made there about... Uh, trying to follow the Mets a bit in, in the UK. I, I, I remember hearing uh, Greg Proops, the American comedian, who's a, obviously a massive uh, San Francisco Giants fan. Uh, and he, he told this really funny story on, uh, uh, on a podcast I was listening to about how he had to follow the Giants when he was working on uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway and touring the UK and saying that he was having to go to concierges in, you know, in some hovel hotel in scunthorpe and try and get them to get a fax of all the all the box scores from the times and things like that's so how did you do it i mean i guess yeah. it was maybe easier if it was, you're working in your industry not really not it wasn't not really not really at all there were three ways there were three ways of, of finding out what was happening in baseball and that was well i'm sure you uh, other guests or other people you've spoken to has talked about american forces radio which was uh, was fantastic just to hear that crackly radio commentary of uh, those great games. I, I actually heard the Blue Jays make the playoffs um, on, on American Forces Radio, which used to come in and out during the night, broadcast from Germany. You could just about pick it up around midnight. And it used to go out. So I heard Tom Henke come in to finish a game once that we had to win to get to the playoffs. And uh, I heard him start the innings, and then the, the, the signal kind of went. And then it came back, and there was music so I just figured they must have won um, and uh, yeah, the, the, so you could do, do that or you could go up to London, central London on a, and go to a central uh, London train station like a big one um, like uh, you know, Paddington might do it for example go to one of the mainline train sta- stations and buy a two day old copy of USA Today uh, and okay. the, the other way was there's a Canadian like um, embassy in Trafalgar Square. I think it's probably still in the same place. Yeah, but it's now you can't do it anymore because there's security and you can't just walk in. But back then you could just walk in and they would have really quite new copies, photocopies of that day's or the previous day's uh, Toronto Star, Toronto Sun. Um, and yeah, they, you could just walk in the building and read them then. So yeah, that's, that's why. That's how you did it. So Greg Proops was right. It was just, it was almost, almost impossible almost impossible to, to keep it keep you know, a daily check on your team so so um us sat here and and, and doing podcasts and blogs uh, as as we do 
whinging about the fact that we don't get the blanket coverage that the NFL or the NBA do. We we we, uh, we should just be thankful for the small mercies that exactly. we have and for the internet and for, and for modern technology. Um, so you lived in Toronto. So that was sort of late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. Is that around right around that time? Um, so, and you said, you know, George Bell, um, you, you, you've been forever mournful for not, not collecting his autograph at that very first opportunity. So I'm, I'm assuming that he's right up there for you as a, as a favourite player, as a starting point. Who, who else apart from George Bell? I'm thinking in that time you've had Roy Halliday is probably going to be the big one, yeah. right? So who, and who Halliday else? was a great servant to the Blue Jays, but, and it's kind of, but when I think about him, it's with a bit of sadness, really, is that we never really... He had to leave us to go and do his thing, really. So I, whereas I kind of love him, I I don't feel I don't he's not I wouldn't put him in one of my favourite players. I, I, it, but George Bell, I don't think was an especially nice character. Uh, whereas Jesse Barfield was just had the most fantastic arm, and always was playing with a smile on his face. Um, the player that I loved in that team most of all though was Tony Fernandez, who. Probably had he not been playing in, in Canada. And remember, we're talking about how it was difficult for us to play, to, to get scores and, and uh, news from uh, North America. There was, even back then, you know, you, the Toronto were a bit outcast. Of course, there were the, the Montreal Expos as well. But I, I, I don't think the, the Canadian teams were really appreciated. And some of the players on the Canadian teams had to go to American clubs to get noticed. But I think Tony Fernandez had he been on, yeah, he was. I would put him just shy of Ozzy Smith as like just in terms of greatness at shortstop. And I think had he probably played on TV a bit more often, um, and there'd be a better highlights reel of him, people would re- appreciate him a bit more. But there was a lot of really good players. I liked Pat Board as a catcher a lot. I saw him play in the Olympics when I went to Sydney in 2000. Um, he was catching for the American team. Kelly Gruber was was true as tr- a terrific player that I used to like a lot. Dave Steed was a great pitcher, and uh, I mentioned Tom Henke, the closer already. Who I like, I liked. He's a great closer, but he was so unlikely wearing his big spectacles and just didn't look threatening until he had a ball in his hand. It was a that was a great team. To, <laughs> it was a great team to watch. Halliday was great. I loved that. Those Delgado years were good, um, but the current crop. There's some real players on there that you can't, it's hard not to like. If you, if you yeah, I mean, I, I, there's not anybody listening to this who wouldn't want Josh Donaldson on their team. Yeah, they may they may hate they hate him. Um, I, I really like Jose, um, and uh, it's going to be a sad day. You know, and it might even be happening as we speak that he's uh, on his way. But uh, yeah, there's uh, Mookie Wilson was a, a player I really used to really like. I loved, I loved him on the Mets, and I loved it that he came to spend a little bit of time with the Blue Jays at the end of his career. And I called my cat Mookie as well. So yeah, there's been some fantastic players passing through Toronto down the years. Yeah, well, you know, maybe maybe I might follow you. Maybe, maybe I might call my cat Mookie as a as a as a Red Sox fan. That sounds like a good idea. Maybe. You might. Well, you don't want to call it Buckner. Um, so, no, I definitely don't want to call it Buckner. Or maybe I do. You see, I I, I do have sympathy with with people who have been um, sort of pushed aside by society. So maybe I'm going to get two cats and I'm going to call them Buckner and Bartman. Um, that's what they're going to Apparently, do. Apparently, Bill Buckner I'm, and Mookie Wilson do, um, going back to autographs again, do like signing sessions and memorabilia shows together. And you can um, meet them both together and they'll both sign the photograph of Mookie Wilson getting the hit, uh, hit through Bill Buckner's legs. That, that might be a much better day for Mookie Wilson than Bill Buckner. Um, they probably make the same selling their, their autograph pictures for $10 a piece or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I guess it's quite, kind of great for Bill Buckner that he, um, he does that, really, and he kind of is able to, all these, these years later, laugh, laugh off the fact that uh, he, he was ridiculously blamed for it. I mean, there were plenty of, plenty of other things happened in that game for him not to get the, the blame for that. Um, but, yeah, the curse of the Bambino was the curse of Buckner for a while, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it it absolutely was until until the curse breaker himself, Mister Epstein, uh, strode into town and uh, and brought along a, a clutch of uh, Dominicans and sorted us all out. And mm-hmm. um, so I, I understand. I, I've heard that not only do you have an obsession with the Toronto Blue Jays them, themselves, but you you have an especial penchant for Toronto Blue Jays hats. Now, how did that start? Oh, yeah. How many have you got? No, I was just. 
Um, I've lost more than I've ever than I've got at the moment. So. Um, about a dozen are currently uh, going around the Circle Line in London on tubes um, or on uh, trains to Manchester or planes to Toronto. So I've, I've left a lot of hats for other people to to uh, inherit. Um, I've probably got about 20 Jays hats now. Um, uh, but it's not like a... They're not like... They're not... I don't, I don't think of them as being collectibles. I think of them as being practical headwear. Um, okay. And um, I always figured, uh, luckily, at the age of 50, I have hair. But I always figured that sooner or later I wouldn't have hair. So if I started wearing a hat in my 20s, uh, when, when you didn't have baseball hats too, around too, too much, that it would be, a th- it would be my thing. And, um, yeah, so I've got a lot of hats, and a lot of people give me hats as well. Um, and I, so every, every time... my, my for example, my friends uh, Colin Murray, who's uh, the, D- the, D- the radio presenter, um, good, uh, we went to the couple of Jays games together. Weirdly, Colin and I started to work together ten years ago, and it was a good couple of years until we kind of sort of asked each other why he wore Toronto Blue Jays t-shirts and why I always wore Toronto Blue Jays hats. And um, another friend of mine uh, called Greg Brady, who um, came over to uh, work with me, you know, like. 20 years ago and is a good friend to this day and he's often appearing on British radio um, they, they're always sending me over the latest hat so even though my family say why have you got another Blue Jays hat that looks exactly the same as the other one I point to a tiny little change uh, or, or a little bit on the back which is slightly different well yeah yeah that's it I mean good I, I'm, I'm glad that they are they understanding do they do they listen to you yeah well um yeah, yeah. There's lots of, I mean, merchandise. There's a lot of really good stuff around now. So you can like, you can clothe your family in in Blue Jays merchandise. Um, so any trip to Toronto you know, means I've got pretty much a, a suitcase full of of crap, which I, which I bring home. Um, mostly bo- mostly bobbleheads and hats for me, um, but I also make sure the family are well looked after. Good, good. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm sure they appreciate it, or at least I hope they do. <laughs> yeah, so, too. um... <laughs> I certainly would. You know, if you want to bring any back and you, you want to swing them up my way, then I'll, I'll be more than appreciative, even if they're Blue Jays ones. Um, so this year, just talking a little bit about the Blue Jays this year, did you, how, did you get across this year? Did you go to any games over in no, Toronto? No, kind of last year I went over during the season and um, I saw them also on the road in New York. Uh, and then I went over to the ALCS and I saw the you know, games in the ALCS. Um, I, didn't, I wasn't there for the night they were eliminated, but I saw them in the ALCS. I figured, you know, it's, it's been a long time. It's, it's a couple of decades since we got to this. I, I need to be in Toronto during this period. So went over and got some tickets and went to the ALCS last year. This year, I figured... Um, economically and uh, work-wise and family time, do I just put all my throw all my eggs into the the World Series basket? And so I did. I figured I'm not going to go for the ALCS because last year I went and we didn't go all the way. This year I'll, I'll, I'll wait till we get to the World Series. So I paid um, four hundred dollars uh, uh, each for two tickets. 
so I had. Um, that, I mean, that's a one. That's a one great thing. I don't suppose a single player or a manager gives a toss about whether the American League or the National League win the um, win the All Star game. But it's bloody brilliant for us if you're trying to plan a trip at the end of the season. Um, so, yeah. so yeah, I kind of knew if when the Blue Jays got there, as I thought at the time, what nights they would play. So you can buy tickets. I'm sure everyone knows this, but you can buy tickets to the World Series from any team that think they might get there um, weeks and weeks in advance, even before the playoffs. And so I got tickets. It's pretty amazing when you think about it. What is it? 55,000 people can cram into the Toronto Blue Jay Stadium. And they're selling world, four lots of World Series tickets to 55,000 people two months before the World Series. At, and I paid $400 each for mine, and they were kind of okay seats. But they were second tier, I think. Um, so even if I, that, I'm paying the average, that's, I'm not going to do the math for you, by the way. This is not going to end with a number. But I'm going to say 55,000 people, right, times $400 yeah. in the bank. Sorry, times four games in the bank for, cu- for a couple yeah. of months. And I, um, yeah. I, think, I think they've paid me back. I better check my account because they, they say they're going to pay you back once they get eliminated. Um, so I really ought to check my account to make sure there's $800 there, which is probably, have I got this wrong or right? Is it, did I buy my ticket? If I bought my tickets before Brexit, hmm, I'm going to have to work this out. Or is it after Trump? Anyway, one way or the other, I'm sure I'm getting screwed. I'm sure I'm getting screwed. I'm sure the exchange rate has really screwed me over. Um, so I'm hoping for $800 back in my bank account. Um, yeah, so I didn't get over. So the answer is no, I didn't get over at all this year because my plans were ruined. <laughs> and they were ruined. I was going to say. So what? What went wrong? Was it? Was it just? Um, was it just the Andrew Miller show that swept you? Was a bit. And Cleveland's bullpen certainly outperformed Toronto's. And yeah, I'm not saying anything you know particularly insightful here. That you know some of our big bats didn't really perform. <clears throat> Russell Martin. So important to the team, right, Russell Martin, uh, and especially important in the locker room, from what I understand. Um, but you know, it, it, he became a bit of a problem, and he wasn't hitting, and it, it kind of made a slight imbalance of the li- the lineup in a way. Um, so much so that you know the Blue Jays management were saying that you know, they don't like tinkering with the lineup but then that was patently untrue because they were they were doing just that um trying to make it so that Russell Martin was in the right spot and I don't think they really got that sorted out to be honest and I know that I'm sort of microscopically analyzing it a little bit here but I think that's what you that's what you end up doing uh, in in this sport um but yeah. time and time again, it seemed that, and I think this is backed up statistically, is that, that Russell Martin, who I said, yeah, he's, there's no way he's, we're, we're taking him out of the team. You know, he's so important to this, uh, this team. Um, but there were so many times that we left men on base, or Russell, Russell Martin left people, players on base. And we had some great bats coming in behind him that weren't coming to the plate to drive home guys. I, again, I haven't looked at the stats when it comes to left on base, but we were doing an awful lot of that. Um, but that's not just us. That's because Cleveland's bullpen was amazing. Their pitching was pretty much amazing against the Blue Jays all the way through, to be honest. Um, our pitching wasn't too shabby either, but um, their pitching was too good for some of our, our bats, which uh, sort of went cold at the wrong time. So um, wh- where do you think the Blue Jays are then? Is the window closing or or is it still open? I mean, it's always going to be open when you've got Donaldson and you've got Martin and you've got Roman and Sanchez. It's going to be, you know, you said earlier on, you're not going away. And I, I think I'd agree with that. But is it ebbing away? Well, you see, I didn't think we were going to get... I thought Estrada had had his career year. Um, so maybe he's had his two career years uh, and, and there won't be a third. Sanchez, Stroman, Hap. You know, Hap wasn't was a bit of a surprise. Liriano, that's probably our starting five right as our yeah, if the base if the season was starting tomorrow, that's our, our starting five. Mm. I don't think there's not there's, there's not too much wrong with that. And and we're now and we're what, we're talking in in November. So um we but yeah the, the thing that we all kind of know is that Edwin Encarnacion and uh, 
Jose Bautista are going. And uh, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, they kind of just, we, you know, if we were editing, I'd say have gone um, because it's so, it's so inevitable. Uh, and I think Edwin is, uh, I think Edwin is making all the right noises, and I think he probably wanted to stay. And, and, and I think you know the window is slightly ajar with him. I think there's a crack in it. Uh, Jose is going to the Mets. I would have thought Edwin's going to your your lot. They've been flirting with him, and, and David Ortiz, is, I'm sure, has got him on speed dial, saying, "Come on down, you're my replacement." That's that's, that's going to happen. We've signed Kendris Morales. Three, I'm yep. okay with that. Three years, uh, eleven million a year. So that's cleared up some money, and yeah, he'll play almost every game because he'll DH, right? Yeah, that means, but that means that Justin Smoke will be our starting first baseman, and I, I, that, that we don't want. Carlos Beltran is ru- uh, rumored. I'm not sure. Josh Reddick is rumored, and Josh Reddick seems to play in the playoffs every year for somebody, so that would be okay. It must be you must be a lucky charm. Um, we need, but Kendris Morales is just a start of replacing the power we're going to lose with Bautista and, and Edwin. So. Yeah, the the next move is the big one, isn't it? So we've we're we're accepting we're losing our two big guns. We're we've brought in one guy who can sort of get some of those home runs for us. And now who's the other guy going to be? But it's freed up. I mean, it's exciting. You know, I've got over. Yeah, you know, if you talked, to, if you spoken to me a week ago, I would have been quite morose about you know two of my favourite players and our two probably two of our three biggest stars leaving the club. Um, but I've I've had a few days to live with it, and and I and I'm now excited to know it's freeing up some space and some dollars to bring in somebody. Also, Colin said to me the other day, "Do you think there'll be a reaction for <laughs> this? Is crazy? I hadn't even thought of this. Do you think there'll be a reaction? Do you think the Blue Jays could somehow benefit from Donald Trump becoming president of the United States? Right? <laughs> uh, do you? Th- yeah. This is what Colin Murray said to me the other day. He said, well, the, the Latino, Latino players, players and the players. Cubans will more like, be more likely to go to... Well, Guriel's there already, right? Yeah. So maybe, maybe, maybe he had the inside track. Yeah. I'd, I think it's fanciful if I was really being serious, but I'd, like to entertain the, I'd love to entertain the possibility that the Blue Jays would just take their pick of the Latin players forced out by Donald Trump. I'm, yeah. Can I, can, I, can I have that one for a little while? It's just a little bit of a fantasy. Yep, yep. If, if that's the safe harbour that yeah. you need, then I'm, I'm willing to give you it for the at least for the course of the rest of the yeah. interview. So, so Morales um, Kynes will, will, will take Josh Reddick as our lucky charm because uh, he always plays in the playoffs. Um, uh, we may as well have Carlos Beltran if he's you know it's either us or you that he he, he joins from what I understand. Um, yeah, um, and then we'll take our pick of the best Latino players. We'll have about seven of them. Uh, we could do with a uh, we could do with a bullpen. Bullpen, yeah. Bullpen, I think we could I think. probably yeah. <laughs> stop the bullpen quite nicely with uh, Latino players uh, forced out yeah. by Trump. So thank you, Donald. I, I, I finally found the one positive of Donald Trump becoming president. Well. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I, I couldn't. Oh well, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna choose not. Yeah, to. Well, I, I, I wish I hadn't really. <laughs> Yeah, but hey, look, it's it's all fun. <laughs> uh, who knows how it's going to impact on the on the dollar yeah. as well? Well, we've already seen it a little bit. Maybe the maybe the Canadian uh, currency will will be uh, in better stead because I know that that's sometimes yeah, a bit of I a mean, problem. I've read, I've read that. I wonder if it's, it's really true. Well, I suppose it is. When you're earning that much money, you still you still want to earn more, don't you? Um, yeah. Yes, I suppose it is true. I don't. I'm not sure. There probably is. If you Google it, there's probably there probably have been players down the years who've said something about it. But players don't often say, oh, "I'm not going to Toronto because of the Canadian dollar." If, if they say that, it doesn't come out in public very often. But it may be true. It wouldn't be a great yeah. look, would it? It, we, it would be almost as bad as saying, "I'm." I think people would read between the lines and say, and, and read that as, "I'm not going to Toronto, to Toronto because I don't want to go to Canada," yeah. which is not that, really. That, that's something Kenny Powers would, would say. All right. Um. So, um. 
that's a, a rather positive note to end on on the Blue Jays. I was rather expecting you to a little bit be a little bit more down, and maybe we just caught you on the right yeah. evening, and maybe that uh, you know that that Trump thing is is is, is giving you something to, to to clutch onto, and we'll we'll see in due course, and and uh, we'll sh- we'll be sure to to hit you up with some tweets uh, as and when those moves yeah. come through, particularly if they come to Boston. Yeah, that's uh, that is all about that next move, right? It's the, the next the next player we sign has got to be somebody that makes us excited. And thinks that oh, they, we're not going to miss Josie and Edwin too much because we've now got this guy. But whoever this guy is, is, is it will be the, the the benefactor of my mood when uh, when when it's when it's finally revealed. And I, I and I'm not sure if it's Carlos Beltran to be honest. Well, <clears throat> well, I'll, I'll I'll keep in touch with you, and we can we can maybe have a sort of Simon's moodometer yeah. across the course of the off season. Yeah. Um, so sort of moving on from the Blue Jays, I, I just wanted to talk to you uh, very quickly before we wrap up here about some, some general stuff around the place of baseball in the UK. We've obviously talked a little bit about that from the historical point of view, and it was really interesting to hear that. Um, well, why I thought you might have an interesting perspective on this is because of the work that you've done with the companies we mentioned at the top, the BBC, Channel 4, BT Sport, and so on. And I know that you do a lot of, the, lot of work on the NFL, so... I, I wanted to sort of ask you about your views on, on the growth of that sport, on the growth of, of the NBA in the UK over the last few years and, and what trends you've seen there and whether there are things that the MLB and, and baseball could learn from, from those two sports in terms of pitching their uh, product over here. Um, yeah, but, but let's be honest, baseball's never really taken off on British television. just never has, you know? They tried it. They tried it again. They tried it here, there, and everywhere. We tried it on the radio, and we had some fun doing it for a couple of years, and it got me out to two World Series, which was a lot of fun. Um, but it wasn't really embraced by a huge audience. Um, NFL have just got it absolutely right when it comes to marketing their sport globally and certainly in the UK. But what the big advantage they've got is they can stage games over here, and baseball really can't. I know they're talking, you know. I know it's been revived. The idea has been revived, and the Olympic Stadium gives them a a building with dimensions which can uh, can cope with baseball, which has also also been a problem. You know, where were they until the Olympic Stadium? They couldn't play baseball over here anyway because there was nowhere to play it. Why are you going to play it in front of? Yeah, Lords or the Oval, just not enough seats. You can't, you know, you'd have to sit, you'd have to charge three hundred pounds a seat to to make that to make that work. And the season's almost impossible to break into. And I mean, look, there's another. We will, we'll do another podcast another time about the, the reasons why uh, NFL, uh, NBA, and NHL can can work uh, by playing games over here, but baseball can't. That's another story. Um, although. Yeah, I know that. Like I said, they're trying to make it happen again. The point. The point is that um, without that game to market, it's always going to be a, a curiosity from over there. And you know, I think some of us. I know I feel this way sometimes. Kind of like it that way. I don't know what you think, John. But yeah, do you like having it? It's, it's, I kind of like having it as a passion. Which, if I meet somebody else who's got it, it's kind of like a special kind of club. And I know this isn't, you know, this isn't very forward-thinking of me. And you know, Major League Baseball administrators would hate to hear, hear someone say this. But I kind of like the fact that we're into a niche thing, and it's our own thing, and we can play fancy baseball with other nerds. And uh, I like that. <laughs> but it's never been a big hit on TV. It's not. It's it's almost always been shoved in the middle of the night. It's difficult to watch. No one's tried it for years, right? Now, I don't. Th- I would say that a terrestrial te- television channel hasn't had baseball on it since. I don't know. It's been a long time, but certainly since the tech. I think it's two thousand seven. Yeah. I think Channel Five finished it. So certainly since then, the technology has improved. So the, uh, there was no iPlayer back then. No, 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 no watch again facilities. So I wonder if that would change things now. If a terrestrial TV broadcaster put baseball on overnight, maybe it would do better because people would watch it the following day because they're on the catch up. So that's that technology. Technology wasn't around. We tried it on the radio. We had a two or three years of putting. Um, baseball uh, commentary on uh, Five Live Sports Extra and as I said we did a couple of World Series as well um, 
and it got pretty small audiences and uh, it was really difficult to do because of the BBC's compliance issues overtaking commercial mentions and uh, this is so I shouldn't really say this story but I'll, I'll give you a little bit of it what, we, we were doing a baseball game from St Louis once and we're taking the, the local commentary of the St Louis play-by-play announcers and they, we used to try and dip out if they ever start to talk about Levi's or Budweiser or any kind of big brands. But, but they started talking about a giveaway for St. Louis Cardinals tickets from um, you know, Dave's Garage on 54th Street. It's giving away. You could go and t- fill up you put your car at Dave's Garage. It's the best garage in St. Louis. And every hundredth customer he's going to give uh, a chance to win Cardinals tickets. And they did this big promo <coughs> promoting this local garage. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Later in the same broadcast, they started pr- to promote a dementia home for people who are suffering from dementia. Um, <coughs> Excuse me. Had a little cough there. The um, and we had complaints. Uh, somebody complained, and I'm so annoyed at this person. They complained that we were putting out commercials. I don't for a minute think that anybody listening to that broadcast in Hertfordshire or Durham or Lincoln were think was were thinking. Oh, I must put my parents in that dementia home in Missouri. Um, or, or my petrol at Dave's garage. Um, but somebody complained. It was flagged up. And the BBC looked at it, and it's a difficult sport to broadcast using uh, American broadcasters because of all the commercials. And it's too expensive to do it by using our own broadcasters and sending them over there. So I can't see that it's ever going to work on radio again. That's a shame. Um, Just to sort of pick up on the the point you threw back to me about whether I like it being a, a niche club. I do and I don't. I think I think my girlfriend certainly thinks I I, I do because she thinks I like to pick the most obtuse hobbies that there that there are in, in the palette. Um, but and she may have a point. But I I think I'd like to know more people, and that was one of the reasons behind uh, Tom and I setting this up in the first place was we we wanted to try and build and find a community of people. I think there are more of us than um, you know perhaps you and I understand Mm -hmm. and and realize i think that the numbers maybe are a little healthier and and the fact that we've got access to things on the internet you know the fact that mlb tv is is in and of itself an incredibly excellent product maybe means that we don't need things on the tv and on the radio anymore but without that it's how how do you grow that you won't grow grow the audience because until there's some sort of terrestrial or uh, broadcast that it wouldn't it wouldn't it can never grow because um our friends who have got a passing interest aren't gonna aren't gonna see it by mistake. You know, you need to go, you still need to go and find it, right? You still need to go and find baseball. You're never gonna NFL. You can you can you can you can find NFL on TV, even terrestrial television by, by, yeah, by mistake, right? Yeah. And think, oh, this is interesting. Oh, I'll watch this for ten minutes, and then ten minutes is gone. And you're liking it, and you watch it for another ten minutes, and soon enough, you've watched half a game, and you become a fan of that sport, and you watch it the following week. But that's not going to happen. And, yeah, I, I, I love the way that BT just put out games. Um, sometimes they, I, and I you know, should be careful because um, I'm employed by them. Um, <laughs> or I have been. But, yeah, sometimes I wish they'd use the, the, the right broadcasters and get the right play-by-play guys instead of, you know, uh, especially as a Blue Jays fan. So, so often they, they have the, uh, the, away, the away team's broadcasters. Yeah, they don't have your local feed. And your local feed yeah, exactly. is great. Yeah, exactly. I always get upset about that. But, you know, there's no, until there's some sort of baseball on terrestrial television, I can't see that it'll ever really kick on. Sorry, it's a bit, to, sorry to be um, so negative, but, you know, we, I, 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 I was try, I tried a, for a long, long time. I tried for many years to try and reinvigorate baseball on terrestrial television and, and, terrestrial, and terrestrial radio or even uh, digital radio. I've hit a lot of roadblocks, so I'd love to be a bit more upbeat about it. But you know, it was a passion of mine. It was never going to be a, a, a money a money maker. Um, but I tried to get, I tried to make it happen with, with many times with different people and different broadcasters. And um, yeah, I think it will. And it's it's probably where it should be. You know, it's 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 fine to have it on ESPN. I just hope that ESPN, I just hope that BT preserve the the ESPN. And the baseball really um if not you know it's probably going to be bt if it's not if not sky or somewhere on on satellite broadcasting 
uh, or digital broadcasting, I can't see it's going to find a very comfortable place on terrestrial television. Where would you put it? Where would, well, seriously, which broadcaster would, would put it on? You know? Well, they no. wouldn't. They, they absolutely wouldn't. I, I, unless and until there was some, uh, some sort of weight and growth behind it, which is why the BBC have now got the... A really good show that um, Jason Bell and, and OCO yeah, and Hugh Chapman are doing. So, you know, and that, took while, that took a while, you know. NFL and the BBC to thrash out a, sort of a last minute Hail Mary deal midway through last season to get that to happen. And thank God they did. Yeah. But Channel 4 turned their back on NFL. So if Channel 4, mm. <laughs> right, the home of... She was in their life yeah, day one, yeah. If Channel 4 are saying, uh, we're kind of done with the NFL, we're not going to do it next year, and that kicked me in the ass because I was producing that show. Um, the, um, uh, yeah, if Channel 4 turned their back on NFL, I mean, what, sport, what chance has MLB got, really? Boy, am I... Any, now you see... Yeah. You, I just hey look we were up there we were up there with just reconciled the Blue Jays losing their two greatest hitters <laughs> well two out of the three greatest hitters and just got to see the bright you were rescued by you were rescued by Donald Trump and brought asunder by yourself yes I know <laughs> terrible I think I think um, that that I, I'm I'm sorry to ever leave any conversations that we have with. Well, no one, no one's, no one's listening now. It's just you and me now. No one's, no one's, no one, no one got through my Frank Zappa story. I don't think. Yeah, probably, <laughs> maybe, maybe not, maybe not. And if if they have, then what a reward that we've had for. Them. <laughs> um, so I think, unfortunately, I think we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up on a rather rather pessimistic note. But I I hope that you are proved wrong, Simon. Yeah, like, me I too. really hope that the ML. To work something out, and and hopefully you and I will be part of. Um, you know, I won't. I won't give up. Ball. Make make baseball on terrestrial television great again. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, on and on that note, um, I think all that remains is just for me to say thank you very much for your time. I hope uh, everybody enjoys listening to this conversation with you as much as I've enjoyed having it. So um, where can we find you on uh, Twitter, Simon, if people want to keep in touch with you and chat baseball and Blue Jays? My name is Simon Cross. Uh, Cross has got an E on the end, like Charing Cross with an E on the end, so I'm at Simon Cross. I was, I was Great. And There's no dashes, underscores or numbers with me, mate. I was early on that thing. <laughs> well, unfortunately, we were not quite as uh, as swift as you, so we do have an underscore, oh. and we are at batflips underscore nerds. <laughs> you already know us, yeah. I know, so um, tell everybody you know to what to do. We're, you know, we're, we're the last bastion of baseball fandom in the UK. It's it's, it's you and it's us, and it's Colin Murray. <laughs> um, so without us, uh, it's a sinking ship, as, as you've... Uh, underscored in no uncertain terms during the course of this podcast um but despite that it's been brilliant and thanks very much yeah, for your time. Pleasure, thanks. And, let's do it uh, again sometime Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.